right, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to Game Busters. This is a podcast from GameBuster.com. If you are new here, each week we do a little deep dive into a, a game or a franchise or just uh, talk to one of our uh, lovely developer friends inside the industry to get a glimpse of what's going on in there, what's making all the wheels turn. Uh, so I'm Nirav, and uh, I'm your host this week, and I am joined by... Uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a dolphin this week, I've decided. Um, and uh, I'm joined by uh, Jose uh, from... How did you say the name of your, your studio? Is it SQR3 Lab? You just say it out like that? I said uh, Square Lab. Square Lab. Okay, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. I just um, didn't want to get into a lawsuit with uh, the other Square Studios. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so, Jose, which which uh, aquatic animal do you want to be today? Oh, I don't know. Uh, baby shark. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. I will try not to get eaten. Um, yeah, it's a good one. So, uh, yeah, uh, we are uh, going to be discussing uh, a few things about, you know, just making games today, but uh, also definitely honing in on uh, your new game, Subrove. Is, would you, are you just saying, calling it Subrove? Is that's, how you would say it? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. that's correct. Yeah, I took a little di- uh, a little dive into it earlier today uh, to, to explore around and see what it was about. And I'm actually quite interested, um, but we'll, we'll get into it. Cool. Um, yeah, so, uh, first I like to just do a little icebreaker of like, what have you been playing recently? What kind of games? Well, lately I've been playing Mino. That's fair. That uh, seems to be the answer from like most developers is like, I just have to play my game all day. No, I play, I play more things. The thing is, uh, my short term memory, uh, particularly for the things that I watch and the things that I, I play is completely busted. I think it's from the sleep deprivation. So I've been playing games. I just kind of remember right now off the top of my head. Uh, Akiba Beat for the Vita, actually. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll um, yeah, I've uh, been, uh, I just finished uh, Pokemon Scarlet, uh, which we actually got for review, and you can actually check over GameLuster.com for my review. Uh, my feelings are complex and nuanced. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, the game doesn't work very well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but I did I did love it though. So yeah, definitely check out that review we've got up on the site. Um, and uh, I'm kind of crawling through Plague Tale Requiem, much like one of the rats in the game. Um, seeing how that goes, but I'm liking it so far. Um, yeah, so uh, we're just uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of between stuff. I I actually just got Xenoblade Three, which I might start. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, so. Uh, I guess first thing I usually like to ask is like, how did you end up in this line of work? Like, what are, what are the what are the life steps that took you here? Uh, Not a series of steps, I think. Say <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm a composer. Like I studied music composition and piano performance at, ah. music, at the music school. So I have two degrees on that. So when I was um, while I was studying, I was thinking, okay, uh, how do I make a living? I, I love making music, I love playing the piano, but how do I make a living off of this? Because I'm I'm not a bad piano player, but not to the point where I could, you know, uh, play on the stage every... It doesn't even go with my personality. So I was thinking, okay, as a composer, uh, maybe a little bit of performer, what can I do? And uh, I thought of movies first, but uh, then I think I thought, well, maybe video games. At that time, I'm talking 20 years ago. 25 years ago i thought it was a little bit less crowded mm-hmm. so <laughs> I, I that's how i started i just uh um took a, i was like 19 at the time anyway so i started taking a look at games that people were making and sending them emails asking uh, if they wanted uh, someone to make music for them and i had a few false starts 
And then I just by chance, I was in Paris at the time and I got in touch with a guy that happened to live uh, five minutes away from my hometown in Santiago next to my parents, which that was really, really weird. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we met and he was making this game called Glest, which uh, was a real time strategy game that uh, ended up being open source. But um, it, it actually got pretty popular and we won, the, we won an award uh, for that. And that was kind of like the point where, where things got. Uh, serious because after that i didn't have much uh, trouble finding uh, a job in what you would call triple a games wow that's that's really cool uh i uh <laughs> i i was i was considering doing the similar thing like back when i was younger i wanted to be a composer too like i also play the piano um but you know i i, I took a few music theory classes in college and i just never really fully dived into it and i think i was afraid of the kind of like gig economy sort of thing like it's kind of hard to you know, you got to jump between jobs if you want to get paid and like find a new thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, but I feel the same, and that's why I make my own games now because this is much safer as a profession. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I totally that makes a lot of sense. In the uh, developer, oh, yeah, so much better. <laughs> it's actually like I feel like I've seen that commonly that a lot of like people who are studio directors for like uh these like, indie studios are typically like composers also like I, I feel like i wonder if a lot of people jump to the same conclusion of like this is the safest way to employ myself doing music um, uh, i don't know what happens is at least this is okay this is my experience okay mm-hmm. um when you're working in a company if it's a big company you might be lucky that they use the software that you like and uh, they give you a programmer or two so that you can do things the way you want to do them, like implementing the sounds. But if you're working in smaller companies, that's kind of rare, at least, mm. and like I say, in my experience. So eventually, there's a little bit of frustration that grows into you that you want to do sounds the way you want to do them, but you don't get the support. And in my case, I ended up learning how to program so that I could make uh, my own projects where I could work with whatever software I wanted, making the implementations that I wanted. And eventually, in this one project, it, it ended up becoming uh, uh, like a full-fledged game. But it comes it comes from there. And I think uh, if you're saying that there's more people that jump into doing their own games from composing, it probably comes from a similar point, you know, um, starting point where you're working and you want to do sounds uh, very nicely, but you always get into this block like, you know, they do them towards the end or it's a bit rushed or uh, you never get the means that you need so that you can do them properly, that kind of stuff. So. Right, right. So uh, you've worked on a few things for like uh, for composition before, and but this is your first game that you're like directing, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, I made a couple of things, <clears throat> uh, smaller stuff. But yeah, this is what I would call my first proper, proper game of a uh, of, um, repeatable size. Okay, cool. So yeah, I was curious about like what is your uh, team situation? Are are all of you, or how many of you are there? I guess is a first good question. Uh, it's me. That's Just it. you. Yep. Okay. There we go. That answers my question. So you did <laughs> learn how to. So you're handling all of the uh, art stuff and everything too. Yeah. Yep. I'm doing. I mean, I, uh, let's be clear. Nobody does, as far as I know, nobody does everything in a vacuum. Uh, I haven't done yeah. every single asset or every single texture or, you know, or wrote right, every right. single line of code. And I'm using Unity, which already <laughs> saves a lot of work. Otherwise, sure. I don't think I would have been. But, yeah, it's pretty much me. And I, I take care of all the aspects of the game. Okay. Yeah. So are you are you working with, uh, co- like, contractors and stuff, too, for specific things? 
Uh, from time to time, I had a contractor that made a beautiful uh, splash image for the game, um, or logo for the game, as you will. And mm -hmm. then I get assets when I need them. In a couple of cases, I got in touch for very specific things with uh, 3D modelers and such. And then, well, I browse from the Unity asset store, another asset store, when I need a particular thing to see if someone has done it first. Right. That may, I mean, that makes sense. The, yeah, specifically I've, I've definitely talked to developers that like, you know, Unreal and, and Unity are the two big ones. People are like, yep. this thing like is the thing that like allowed me to actually make my own project. So. Yeah. And uh, I'm not afraid, but I'm not afraid out of necessity. I cannot afford not to be afraid to use plugins. Um, uh, many years ago when I started working on games, uh, Programmers that I knew were afraid of using any engine whatsoever because they didn't have any control. And the fashion those days were, was, I make my own stuff. My, I make my own engine for the game from the beginning. Now mm -hmm. that has shifted. Now I don't think, uh, again, in my experience, any any programmers will have any issues uh, with uh, using Unity or Unreal, but they are more wary of using plugins because, well, again, uh, you don't know what you're getting until you get it. And sometimes if there's an issue down the line, you don't know if you're going to get support. But in my mm. case, I really cannot afford that kind of mindset because otherwise I would never finish the game. I really <laughs> have to take a look, gauge, you know, take educated guesses, see if I can find a, a solution, a plugin, a bit of code that solves my problem, and then take a leap of faith, put it in the game. And, and uh, in general, I have to say my experience has been really good. Whenever I had uh, issues with plugins, I would get in touch with the developers. And I think... Every single time that I had an issue, they would they would reply within twenty four hours. And wow, I maybe I was lucky. Not the same with three D models, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, with three D models, I had issues that I had no replies, like models that were advertised as having a rig, and they didn't have a rig, and then no reply from the from the modeler. But when it comes to um, to code specifically, uh, yeah, absolutely no issues whatsoever. Very nice replies. Uh, if I suggested something, they would, uh, you know, if it was not very big, they would implement it. Or if I was asking for a version that they didn't have compiled, like let's say that they're, they're, the, the plugin uh, says it's available for I don't know, uh, Unity 2020, and I'm working with Unity 2019, I would send them an email and they would say, yeah, no problem, we'll get your version that works. So. Yeah, my experience has been really good in that. Maybe I've been lucky, but it has been really good in that sense. No, that's that's pretty cool. I definitely have heard of um, other folks having trouble with like, well, this thing like broke my whole like line of textures here and then like nobody was around to help me. And so like we just had to like cut this part of the game and like move <laughs> but, on. But but you have to do your research and you have to try yeah. it in a safe build of the game that you, you know, I copy, I have a couple copies of the game that I use for that purpose. I don't, I yeah, don't, uh, smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm, I'm risking a lot if it fails. So I don't, I'm not completely blind to the issues, but I mean, you cannot, you cannot, especially if we're talking about, I don't know, a solution to use joysticks and other control inputs. That's a, mm -hmm. uh, that's a sizable chunk of code and you cannot, uh, analyze it all, at least not me anyway, before you... So there's there's a bit of a leap of faith, but I try to minimize that. Sure. Uh, so how long would you say that you've been working on this project, like, just roughly? Well, that's a good question, because it depends on, on what you consider work. If you ask me how long have you been working on this full-time, um, I would pro I'd probably say eight months to a year, because... Okay. But if you ask me when you started this, probably four years ago, 
However, it didn't start. I didn't start thinking I'm gonna make a game out of this. I I started thinking I need a project to do sound design with WIs, and mm-hmm. I and, and I need a, something that uh, a theme that works well for that. And then I saw live streams and live streams. I mean uh, YouTube live streams from oceanographic institutions, uh, so that you can see what they do with the submarines. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I couldn't find any video games about that. And I was like, well, okay, this this is a nice theme for my own prototype. Uh, but I worked on that for a few months. Then I I, I think I, I was working on the game uh, Down of Men at that time. So I think I stopped for probably six months to eight months. I had a kid, so I also stopped. Ah. <laughs> so I, I had it on the uh, the back burner for a long time. Sure, sure. And, and then we had the pandemic and that kind of ground everything to a halt. And I think it was September of that year where I was like, well, let's put more time into this. And it, it grew gradually. So that's why... Yeah. I, th- I think I will be, it will be fair to say I've been working on it properly the way I want to work on it for about a year. Um, I've been working on it as a game for two years and then it's been there for longer. No, that's that makes sense. And I, I you're not alone there because like every time I ask that of somebody, they're like, oh, well, it depends what you mean by work. <laughs> you know, just like go back to like when I was just like thinking about it or like getting in touch with people, etc. Um yeah. But yeah, so I uh this is something I'm I'm kind of interested in though. Like so being that you're a you're a one man operation there, um I'm assuming you're working out of your your home and everything, got like a home studio situation. Yeah, but I yeah, I work in my studio, but my studio is a proper music studio that I have. It's not ah, it's okay. a bit better than, than working on a couch in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so what is like the what was the process of getting this like financed or what what is your process? Cuz I did see that you guys have some sponsors from uh some of these like uh marine life organizations, which let me pull that up here. Um but yeah, how how did you end up getting this so uh, this I uh, this uh, a lot was uh, just by by chance. Uh, I mean, it's not not exactly chance because it's a chance that I searched for. But uh, when I started making the game, I had absolutely no contacts in any oceanographic institution. I didn't know anyone. I'm no marine biologist, and uh, I started from scratch there. Mm-hmm. But over time, uh, particularly uh, when I hit the point where I had a prototype that worked, uh, was basic, but you could see where it was headed, and it it looked. Uh, it looked whole, so to say. It didn't look like you know this part. It looks like something you, that could end up being a game. Then I started uh, sending emails, basically, uh, uh, blind calls, um, cold calls, and um, I got a few re- uh, replies from oceanographic institutes. Uh, some of which took actually years to to bear fruit, because well, these things take time, and uh, they say you know the typical. Oh yeah, this is very nice. Uh, it's very interesting. Send us a copy, and then months would you know, pass and I would insist. Uh, over time, you start building, particularly because I kept going and I kept developing the game and I, I you know, I had new screenshots to show that showed, showed progress. I ended up building a relationship with uh, some of these institutions. Um, BIOS, which is the one from Bermuda, that was completely by chance on Twitter. I found a scientist from there and I sent him a, a, just a, you know, a direct message and he, he was really, really nice and uh, sent me the game and sent him the game and he, he really liked it eventually uh, through them through through BIOS uh, the, the Oceanographic Institute I got an NSF grant from the National Science Foundation which uh, I've been told is a big thing yeah so, wow that's very cool 
So yeah, but I'm I'm not talking millions of dollars. Okay, it was a little sure. bit of money. It, it did help. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. And then I also got some money from the uh, Smith Ocean Institute, who also were very nice. Uh, but more than the money, it was the support that meant a lot to me because, well, it gave me, you know, like I said, support so that I, I felt like, yeah, this is going somewhere. Uh, this this oceanographic institute think that what I'm doing is good. And, uh, and more than that, they gave me access to scientists uh, when I needed because, well, the deep ocean is a pretty specific topic, and yeah. some aspects of the deep uh, of the deep sea are very very specific, such as for instance the cl- uh, classification of deep sea corals. Like there's not so many experts are out there that can take a look at a deep sea coral and tell you precisely what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, thanks to these institutions, I got in touch with people that could help me with that, and that was immensely helpful because I don't know how how would I. Uh, done that myself, really. Hey, you know what? Actually, one of my best friends is a PhD student, and she's doing her research on deep sea corals. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. You want to put her in touch? Maybe she'll oh. help you out. But well, of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's doing some study in Thailand right now, which is, I think, beyond my understanding. There's like too many science words, but yeah, I'll check. I'll check in on it. Um, and see, yeah. this, this is how it works. Like, uh, you just have to keep going at it and uh, be patient, and eventually you find someone who knows someone who. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's weird because it's such a specific things, but yeah, no, you're you're totally right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I I did dive into the game a little bit here. Um, first mm. of all, I will ask. Um, is there uh, there's another game this sort of reminded me of called In Other Waters? Have you played that? Uh, yeah. It's it's uh yeah I see where I see where you're coming from. It's, it looks very different, but we have a similar heart, I think. Yeah, and it, that one was also very focused on, I guess, like there was like a little narrative to it, but like it was very focused on like the actual like science of like what exploring the ocean looks like, collecting samples and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, which I found to be very uh different and like interesting because it was just nothing I not something I'd seen before ever. Um, and the, and the way he presented that was just beautiful. Like uh, yeah. I have uh, an incredible amount of, of respect for the developer and uh, the way in which uh, he makes everything cohesive. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing, I, before we get into the, the specifics of, of your game, I was curious, what is like the um, the game development, uh, I guess, atmosphere like over in, in Spain? Because uh, I don't know many of the, the games that get developed over there. I think I can think of, I guess, Metroid Dread being a big one, but... Um, I don't know about like what. How many are there? A lot of opportunities for indie developers over there. Uh, to be honest, I cannot give you an answer to that because I kind of work in a vacuum, particularly lately since I've been working on my game. Mm-hmm. And if I if I said something to the tune of there's an industry or there's not an industry, I'm not qualified to say. I know there's people doing stuff. Uh, gotcha. Um, most of the stuff happens in Madrid and Barcelona. There's a few big companies. Sure. And there's there's a few uh, subsidiaries of big companies that may not you know get the headlines, but there's lots of people working on games there. And then there's lots of indies. I like I said, I'm not particularly connected to everyone else, but yeah, there's things going on. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think. Um... I was trying to think of what I know about Spain, and I guess most of that comes from... I just watched that show Money Heist earlier this year, so that's oh, everything wow. I know. 
<laughs> oh well, uh, Greece, the game, for instance, uh, that was uh, made in, here in Spain, as far as I know. There's, there's yes. a few. Yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm not an, an uh, encyclopedia of Spanish games, so I'm sorry I cannot <laughs> give you many references. But no, you, that's fine. If you search a little bit, uh, you will find a few titles. There's another I cannot recall right now. I'm sorry, but there's and there's Metroid, of course. Then there's a few titles that have been made here that really made the lines in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I'm I'm glad to see there are more opportunities popping up for stuff like that. Like I I know that um I talked to some Polish developers a few weeks ago and they were like, man, like the this the scene has exploded here for games. Like, you know, we have there there are you know dozens and dozens of of studios in each city now. You know, um. So yeah, it's it's good to see that like kind of spreading out a little more. Where like I feel like a lot of this used to be restricted to like the U.S. and the U.K. To be honest. Uh, for for game development, but I'm glad to see that branching out a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's hubs. That's that's gonna be always the case. There's hubs in Sweden. There's hubs in in Cambridge. Uh, yeah, in mm-hmm. other places in the UK. That's that's. But uh, yeah, you you're, you have more options. Uh, I don't know how much things have changed after the pandemic. In the sense, I don't know uh, how much people yeah. are still allowed. I'm getting I'm getting job offers as a sound designer, but they seem to be back to you have to be on on site. So, uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, so I don't know if that's going back to how it was. I hope not. But definitely, yeah. there's there's more places now where you can you can work on game development. Yeah. Yeah, I, and that that is another big thing. Like one of the developers I spoke to, he was you know an American. He's living in California, but he was working with a uh, studio that had like you know people in like China. It was like based in China, but they had like other people working from Mexico, some working from Sweden, and everything. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's awesome. You know, it's I'm I'm glad the remote work is getting a little bit more recognition after after COVID, which I mean, like you said, maybe people will start moving back to that, but um, on site. But no, the the remote work allows for a lot like more like diverse thoughts and backgrounds and you know approaches to stuff. So I would I would think so. And in my experience, I mean, the sound department is a bit uh, specialized in the sense that uh, sense that we tend to work isolated. In the studios, right? Uh, yeah. the, few, the few times where I was working in a company where I had no studio, eventually they would, they would put me in a studio because I couldn't be doing everything on headphones all the time. <laughs> and if I <laughs> sure. connect, and if I connected the loudspeakers, I would start bothering people. So we tend to work in our own environment. And uh, I, I honestly don't see if, let's put it this way, if uh, I ended up talking to people in person, it's not because it was required by the job, but just because I wanted to talk to someone in person. So uh, in what re- refers to, to, to the daily uh, work, uh, most of the stuff was, was done either you know the way we are doing it right now or just by chat. There's no reason why most, in my opinion, why most jobs cannot be done remotely. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, your your game Subrove. So what was it that like first grabbed you about the deep ocean? Is like this is something I need to explore. It's I think it's the combination. Um, so I'm I'm going to refer to this the, the particular thing that made me uh, think of a, of that setting for the game, which was these live streams by uh, oceanographic institutes. Uh, it, when we see images of the, I don't know, the Mars rover, uh, we think that that it, this that's incredible, uh, like you know, uh, incredible feat of um, of engineering. Like in- yes. Yeah. Okay, but these people, um, they are sending these uh, robots to the to the deep ocean. They are controlling them from the from their vessel. Their vessel is sending the image in real time, 4K, and I'm watching them on YouTube. So I'm watching the stuff that they're doing in real time. 
and sometimes they find species that have never seen before. And yeah, I'm, seeing yeah. them, I'm seeing their reactions. Uh, the, the display of technology uh, that, 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 that's happening here, I mean, we see it in YouTube and we are like, ah, YouTube, you know, it kind of like uh, makes everything look a little bit like, yeah, well, there's nothing special about it, but it's just incredible what they are doing and they, they are sharing it with everyone. You don't get to see that kind of investigation, you know, real time as, as uh, every day. And um, then when I thought of all the aspects that, that they involve in, this, uh, in these dives, um, from the point of view of my profession, games, but also sound design, there's so much going on there because they are um, in a control room in a ship, which is in the ocean. And uh, you are also controlling a robot that's in the deep, in the deep ocean, several thousand meters below you. And you have all the sounds that go with that. You have the sounds of the control room, but the, in the control room, you're hearing the, the ocean, maybe from outside, maybe not, but you're also hearing all the, all the sounds from the cameras. If you have an outside camera, you have to hear that, but it has to blend with the control room. And if you have uh, sounds from the, uh, from the robot in the, in the ocean, those sounds also are uh, coming to the control room, but you have to make it sound so that you can tell that they are coming from somewhere else. So the blend of everything, also the organic, because you have several creatures, all the whales that make sounds, all the dolphins, all that. Um, the sounds that you can hear in the ocean that are not um, made by creatures but come from the surface, for instance, if it rains, you can hear it. Uh, there's so much stuff uh, from the point of view of sound design that, that happens that is really, it's an incredible setting. And uh, I would say it's even better than spaceships because in spaceships, uh, if you want to represent certain things, you have to take leaps of faith. And I'm talking from experience. It's not that it matters much if you if you have a vision that you don't you don't care about sounds in the vacuum of space, for instance. But here in the ocean, I don't have such issues. I can represent whatever I want because there's mm -hmm. hydrophones, so there's no you know there's no tension there. Uh, and so when you put everything together, it's an, I think it's an ideal setting for sound design. Um, and with my limited means, also there's several advantages for the game in general because of the limited field of, of, of sight in the ocean. I don't have to show um, too much stuff on the screen, so I don't have. Okay. I, I don't have. I mean, I still worry about optimization, but from the beginning, it's an advantageous position for me. And um, and from the point of view of, of sound, uh, yeah, all the blend that everything that happens is just uh, it's, it's 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 a caramel. It's it's <laughs> it's a cookie. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's really cool. I'm, I mean, that's that's I had not even thought of that. Like, but you're right. The the sound design aspect is definitely like uh, more. Uh, I I don't know, ideal for the for the deep ocean like that. Um, this is this is a game you would recommend people play with headphones on if they can. Well, I would think so. But let yeah. me say something because <laughs> uh, I've always it's, it's funny how you change hats when when you when you're doing things differently. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, it helps a lot. I would recommend people to try to to see things from the perspective of the other in game development, because as a sound designer, you're always like, "Why is sound left for the end? Why don't Why don't they think about not not that it happens sure. everywhere? Yeah. Okay, there's there's places where this is at the heart of the operation, but I've seen enough of like you know having to push so that sound design is included from the onset because it it saves so many issues down the line, particularly when sound design all of a sudden sonifies bugs or issues and they are not there present until you put a sound to that but but <laughs> anyway um yeah. sorry i think i lost my thread there <laughs> no no that's totally okay uh that's that's pretty interesting though um I, I was curious about like what were you what were you like uh hoping that like 
players get out of this? Like, is this like supposed to be educational at its heart or is it more about like, just see, like trying to translate the process of like the real, like real collection of scientific data to something people can like simulate or what what are you kind of hoping people get out of it? Uh, I don't think it's educational in the sense that I was not thinking of making an educational product. I was just thinking on, I saw this thing happening. I want to control a submarine robot. There's no game that allows me to do that. I'm going to make my own. That's awesome. it. Awesome. That's where That's it comes awesome. from. Yeah. And I could have I could have said, because I work in spaceship games, I was like, maybe I could have made a spaceship. But I've already done that. Um, I mean, not myself, obviously. And actually, wouldn't want to compete with the likes of Elite. Uh, so... I I saw so so little offers in this in this particular field that I was like yeah okay it's a spaceship in 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 the in the inner space let's do it now this is this is a fantastic thing yeah. so <laughs> no that's that's awesome yeah so ah sorry so what do I expect people to take from it well yeah. the, the same that I take from it if if you've ever been interest, interested in uh, that kind of like uh, diving on the deep sea on uh, a non-violent game where you can well, explore. Um, this game allows you to do that. It's as simple as that. And I think, uh, fortunately, I mean, game is a very broad thing uh, these days. It means lots of uh, different things to different people. In my case, a game is a means to allow you to do this, particularly. Uh, more, most importantly, like, I don't know. Uh, there's this game called Steel Battalion that I loved. Yeah, yeah I've uh, heard okay. of it. Yeah, I have, I have it somewhere. I don't use it very often because the controller is a monster. And yes. But something, what I love the most uh, about the game was the interface, the way it presented all those screens, the cockpits, all that, you know, um, the same way, the reason why I love the Alien movie so much, the, the environments and, and stuff. That's the kind of thing that I was trying to put in this. It's a, it's a very personal uh, game in, in the sense that I blend many things that interest me in one uh, package. But the core of it is giving you the chance to, to explore the, these settings um, at your heart's content. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And that, again, like, I, I feel like I hear this constantly from people like, well, there wasn't a game like this, so I, I made it, <laughs> um, which yeah. is great. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, what have you, what do you think that you have, like, what have you gotten out of this experience of, of like, getting into this research, talking to the scientists, you know, putting this stuff together, like, what do you, what do you how do you feel like you've changed over that time? Uh, I've taken lots of things from it. First of all, as you say, just the, the connections, to mm-hmm. be able to work with scientists uh, and uh, get in touch with the scientific community, uh, full of nice people that will help you as much as they can. Um, also, I just recently, and this is completely by chance, one of the oceanographic institutes that helps me is uh, refitting their their ship, which is a huge monster of a of a of a, of a ship, uh, mm-hmm. like ten minutes away from where I live. So I went I went visit them the other day, and I I saw the submarine that uh, inspired me. I went there and I touched it, and that was quite. <laughs> The highlight because it's a it's a state of the art robot. It's, it's it's not nothing. It's the size of a car. It's it's quite the it's quite the thing. And I was there in the control room with them. That kind of experience, having only you know, even if I didn't make uh, any money from it, even if it was completely a hobby project, just getting these these experiences from from it already made it worthwhile. Um, and then personally, uh, since I've been wanting to make my own game, so to say, for for a very long time, uh, this is it. This is the moment where my programming skills and my overall 
developer skills were good enough that I could make this happen. So um, that's the kind of thing that I'm getting from it. And also the chance of uh, to make sound designs uh, any way I want. Ah, which I meant to say before, uh, mm-hmm. now that I change hats, I was always complaining, or I used to complain anyway, that you know sound should be always taken care of at the beginning. And uh, usually you get the thing like, well, there has to be gameplay for sound to be there. And I've fallen into that myself. <laughs> now, because I also program the stuff, I sometimes I've fallen into like, no, let's not... Uh, I have the framework, which is great, so I know no issues gonna. I'm not gonna have issues down the line, but let's leave right. some for a little bit later until I have this gameplay feature, you know, honed. And uh, one of the reviews that I got for the game really made me blush because the guy said, "Well, collision sounds are missing," and he's totally right. And um, I have reasons for that, but I feel like <laughs> I've become <laughs> what, what I always said was uh, not. You know, <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, so, that's so it's good to blend experiences. Uh, if you're if you're a programmer, try to put yourself in the in the you know in, in the mindset of an artist. And if you are an artist, try to put yourself in the in the mindset of the designer or the programmer, because um, everyone's writing away, but you you have to kind of like understand the other point of view. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and I think a lot of this is something that will happen. I mean, if you're if you're a one man show, I mean, it's there the human brain can only like detect and remember so many things. You know, it's like you got to get other people's ears and eyes on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, before, yeah, yeah. But uh, now this particular thing comes because um, the, the funny thing is that I've I've designed entire collisions uh, systems in games, like mm-hmm. complex stuff. It's not something I don't know how to do. Sure. But uh, in this particular case, I didn't want to get into it too soon because there's all kinds of edge cases that can break the game and collisions in general are really hard. They are You can get re-triggers very easily and then you have to deal with like I don't know, too many sounds at the same time or, or spam of signals. Uh, there's, there's lots of things to consider. So I left it a little bit aside until the game was stable, which is, well, it's early access. Let me say that it's not finished, and so I, I think I have a little a little bit of leeway. So that's some things that I don't have right now. Yeah. I will add anyway. But um, the reason why why this came to the fore is because I didn't really have many situations where collisions were uh, critical. But now I have one case where where uh, the the ship can collide with a buoy. That's uh, that wasn't present until just a few weeks ago, <laughs> and now that particular collision sound, when it when it's missing, you notice, and when you notice that one is missing, you start asking yourself, oh, uh, why is this missing here also? Why why don't I hear collisions in this other place? So I kind of opened that kind of worms myself, but uh, I'll close it very soon. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, that was actually gonna that was a good lead into my next question, which was, yeah, uh, you know, why did you choose to do the early access for this? Because uh, I didn't want to continue working on in a vacuum. Uh, yeah. I need I need for my sanity. It's just as simple as that. <laughs> I didn't want enough. to end up working six years on a project with uh, little in, uh, input and then find that nobody liked it and uh, had a nervous breakdown. So <laughs> I've, I've been sharing it in, in several ways, uh, at least for the past year. I had a playtest. I after the uh, June's next fest, uh, I had a demo which was supposed to only go for a couple of days or a week at most, and I had it for several months to gather feedback. But even that's not enough. And um, I, I thought long and hard about it. Maybe I should have released it in March so that I could finish some things that I wanted to finish. But at the same time, if you fall into that mindset that I will release it when it's perfect, 
you might never release it and uh, it's never going to be perfect anyway. So I decided to do the early access with, I mean, knowing that nowadays people, they don't, I mean, to me, early access is a contract where, you know, whereby you let people play the game that is not finished, but they understand that it's not finished. So they give you a little bit of like, you know, uh, well, a bit of faith that you are going to do uh, what you sure. say you're going to do. But I don't think people treat it as such anymore. People just put the review based on what they have, and that's it. Uh, but I, I made peace with that. I this the early access was most, mostly uh, to myself, so that I I could I could gauge a little bit the validation for the project, uh, which regardless of how it performs sales wise, I'm gonna keep working on it for six months to a year, no matter what, because that's a personal compromise that I have. So that doesn't matter. But I wanted to see what people thought of it, and. Um, and I also wanted to have it exposed so that I feel like I'm not in my shell anymore. This is something that's gone public that people can give me feedback. And uh, it's, it's, I guess it's just a matter of mindset, really. But it's a mindset that will help me a lot continue. Hmm. Okay. No, that's, that's a good reason. I mean, like, I, I think people, I, I think I agree with you that, like, people don't really have a good idea of what early access is supposed to be or what it means anymore. So uh, well, definitely... It's, it's like Kickstarters. Yeah. We've been disappointed so many times. Me myself, I used to, I used to back Kickstarters, and I don't even enter the site anymore because yeah. I bought, I bought yeah. a few things that were very promising, and they had these shiny, uh, you know, feature lists and stuff, and they never came to be. So yep. I completely understand why people, you know, will be like, okay, well, this game, uh, uh, it, it can become, a, a, unfortunately, a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that people don't buy the game because they, they feel that the developer is gonna stop working on it as soon as, as you know as they buy it and well before the early access is finished right and then the, the developer gets uh <laughs> depressed because people are not buying the game and stops working on it so <laughs> but yeah. but that that's not my case anyway okay nice nice yeah so i said that you launched a about two days ago is that right like i guess on friday um yep yep friday yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely, uh, I'll, I'll dive into it. We have one of our reviewers who's uh, playing through it right now. Um, so I'm interested to see what they think too, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely dive a little bit more into it cause I didn't get too far. Um, uh, I did because uh, I, I guess a lot of it is learning the, uh, the interesting control scheme you picked out, which is like um, having all the real buttons that you would have on the, on that uh, boat <laughs> on screen and, and, you know, using your mouse to navigate them. Um, so this is like very dependent on like, you know, you learning the actual systems of the boat and which is, again, I think another thing that reminded me of that other game in other waters, like there's a lot of controls and and screens like on at the same time. And it's like, I'm, I'm simulating what it would be like to actually do this. Um, so yeah, do you, do you feel like it's going to be a little bit difficult for people to get into a game with a control scheme like that? Or you think you can sell that? Of, it will appeal to a certain kind of people for sure. Like if you yeah. have flight, if you like flight simulators and you know, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Going going through checklists and stuff. Well, I, that's something that appeals to me. I live surrounded by modular synthesizers with uh, millions of controls, so that I naturally <laughs> gravitate to, to that kind of thing. Uh, personally, I don't think this is that uh, hard to learn. The only issue is that unless you are acquainted with that kind of uh, setting, everything's new. All the yeah. controls are are new. It's not it's not that hard. And I promise that if and this is this doesn't come from like I've I've play tested the game and I've seen people playing. The tutorials are probably the feature that I have honed the most because I've seen many players uh, going through them and I've listened to all the feedback. I mean, they are not 
they are not perfect. But I think that if you go through the tutorials, by the time to, you get uh, to, the, to the last one, which should take about half an hour, you should be able to control it perfectly without any issue, really. It's not, it's not really that hard. And uh, many of the steps are part of like a fixed ritual, which I enjoy, but there's not that much guesswork. Uh, and so when you are exposed to the routine, so to say, of what to click and when uh, three, four times, the fifth time you don't need any any help. That's that's what I take from seeing people playing. And when you get to that point, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it just goes naturally. And I, I put also a lot of work in the controls. You can control it with keyboard and mouse, but you can control it with a gamepad. It seems to work fine. I prefer keyboard and mouse, but you can actually switch on the spot, on the fly. Uh, you don't have to restart the game to switch controls. You can even use them at the same time. You can use joysticks. There's a few things that I don't support, uh, like a complex configuration with dual joysticks and stuff. I didn't get there because it was just too much. But yeah. in, general, in general terms, the controls should help you. Uh, not get in your way, or or at least that's that's what I hope. Yeah, that's no, I, I totally get it, and I, I actually didn't find it too hard to figure out. By the way, I just kind of just followed the tutorial and like, okay, that all makes sense. Yeah, um, it's, it's only when you play later after a while, if you don't, you know, because everything's new, you might forget, and then you have to kind of like try to remember what what the steps were. That's where that's that's a little bit of a tricky part, really. But other than that, no, it shouldn't be that hard, really. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, okay, cool. So that does actually lead to another smaller question, which is, mm-hmm. are you planning on moving this to other consoles ever? You think this is going to be a, just a PC thing? No, uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't, uh, because it's not particularly demanding as far as I'm concerned, uh, graphic-wise or sound-wise, yeah. and the controls work. Like you can, you can. Uh, it, it works uh, apparently. It works great on a Steam Deck. Which I don't have one. A friend of mine uh, does, and uh, he showed it to me the other day, and he was uh, he was playing on the deck, no problem whatsoever. Awesome. So yeah, and you can control it with a with a gamepad, which is something that I don't plan to do in the beginning. But once I got into it, it it yeah, it's solid. You can do the whole thing with a gamepad, and it's it's enjoyable. Okay. So it's I uh, this said, it's not something that I'm going to do myself because it's outside of uh, of. Um, my programming skills. I don't. I don't think I would be able to pull it off. But if I find a, a publisher that's uh, interested in porting it, yeah, by no means do it. Yeah. No. No. Totally. Okay. Very cool. Well, let's. Uh. uh might just go and close down with what is what is your favorite uh, marine creature? What do you hope? And what do you hope people find down there? Oh, they are all really cool. There's one called the. How do you say this? Sorry, pronunciation in English. Oh, that's Chimera, okay. The Chimera. I think it is. Chimera. Uh, or chimera, chimera in Spanish, anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Which to me is like, it's like if Batman were a fish, it would be this fish because it looks like a smaller fish with a cowl, like a, a fish that's wearing <laughs> a, a suit, and it's like the Batman. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. It's oh really my god! Cool. Yeah, I'm looking it's, at it right now. It's that's a really cool. if you you will see it in the in the face of the fish that it has like this like this wearing something stitched, and it looks like uh like is it badass? It's just incredible. But there's, uh, there's yeah. Yeah, it looks like in English they're called ghost sharks. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, they have they have several names. Uh, the names Ooh. of fish are just incredible. When you start looking at yeah, yeah, <laughs> at their common names, some of those combinations are just. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, this is cool. Yeah, no, there's so many there's so many crazy things under the ocean that like if you saw it, you would think it was an alien, you know. Well, they are in a way because we've never seen many of them before, and yeah, uh, you're right. They are completely different to us. It's just that they live close to where we are but they are alien 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, so do you have a you have a you guys have like a Twitter and stuff you want to plug or any other things you want to plug here? Uh, the Twitter is sub um, underscore ROV. And I hope uh, it will survive Twitter if it doesn't explode. And then, <laughs> and then I have a Discord, but I wouldn't even know how to uh, get you the link. Um, hold on a second. It has the name of the game. So in Discord, sub ROV, and you should find it. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so definitely check that out. That is up on Steam right now in uh, early access. Uh, and yeah, so um, make sure to head over to GameLuster.com. You can find the rest of our stuff there. Uh, Twitch.tv slash GameLuster for our streams. We're GameLuster on YouTube also where I do the videos. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely pop over there and see what else we got cooking. But yeah, and then the meantime, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get out of here Um do maybe a, maybe a good sign off would be a whale call sound. I'm gonna give it a go. Uh, I don't know how to do this. All right. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> right. Good enough. Thank you. Thank you, Niraf. Yeah, absolutely.